0: everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. This is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at our church. Again, we are going through the story by Randy Frazee, uh, just a condensed version of scripture, and I'm having a, a blast with it. I hope you are, too. I hope you're following along. Uh, this week we talk about, we're in chapter 8. We talk about, um, the chapter's called A Few Good Men and Women. And so we talk about Deborah, Gideon, and Samson, Really, we look at through the lives of those three biblical figures, the ways in which God can use each of us, that it doesn't matter our standing in life or our perceived abilities or lack thereof, or even our insecurities, Uh, God can use us uh, even when we fall. And so I think it's just a, a, a lesson for everyone. So again, we thank you for listening. We hope you'll visit us soon. Have a great week. I definitely can't top that, man. Really good songs this morning, appreciate uh, Tyler leading those, and appreciate all of you for singing and worshiping together. Funny thing happened this week. Uh, First of all, this is kind of a plug as well. Uh, For those of you who have trouble reading or you've convinced yourself you don't like to read, uh, the story that we've been going through is also on Audible, and so um, I actually forgot I had it. And, uh, you know, when you're traveling around, going to the store or whatever, you can, you can uh, plug that in. It is, uh, and that, that portion is dramatized, so there's some sound effects and stuff like that. And, and so it's, uh, it's a little bit different experience. But uh, I do want you to get that, if that, that will help you get through the story. But uh, one thing that you can do very easily is you can sneeze or something and go into the next chapter and think that the story of Ruth is also a part of this chapter, and so uh, for the first half of the week, I was preparing as if we were talking about Gideon, Samson, Deborah, and Ruth, and I thought, man, what a packed chapter, (laughs) and then realized I had listened to two chapters of the story. Uh, But as we begin, uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, yes, thank you, is that that the announcement you want me to give, or you want to say something, okay, okay, thank you, because I'd already forgotten uh, Bo has told me now, we have back here in the conference room, if you have a, a child uh, that you're wanting to take out, we're live streaming in the conference room now. Not that you can go just leave them and walk away, but <laughs> <laughs> watch John preach. No, but you can go to the conference room, and we do have that now, so uh, we don't have a window into this room, but you, you can go back there if you have it. The kids aren't going to bother me unless they're up here shaking me or something, so uh, that's up to you guys, but we do have that, which is a, a blessing as well. Um, anything else? We're good? All right. Well, uh, this week, of course, we are not talking about Ruth or Boaz or anyone like that, um, but we are talking about uh, a few that I have already mentioned. Uh, but one of, the ones, one of the people that you don't hear much about in Scripture uh, is this story of Jabin that's found in the as you read about Deborah. And uh, I know some of you guys like this. So I want to show you uh, something really quick. Uh, so this is part of what I'm going to show you as well. This is from later on in 1 Kings. Uh, here's the account of the forced labor King Solomon conscripted to build the Lord's temple, his own palace, the terraces, the wall of Jerusalem, and Hazor, Megiddo, and uh, Gezer. And then from what we read this week, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in, you fill in that blank, I have no idea. This is the wall, or part of the wall, that King Solomon had constructed here in Hazor. This is also the place, so he, he, he made this wall, or, had people build this wall after the events that we read about today. This is also the place of the palace of Jabin. And so what you're looking at is from my trip to Israel, and this is what Jabin would have seen. These are some of, uh, uh, again, I'll, I don't know if uh, well you can see that, uh, but we have mud bricks here behind. And they what they do is they cover all of these places. and You can see part of that cover uh, there just to protect it from the weather as best they can. Uh, But can you see all the things in the mud there? Isn't that interesting? But this is the place where Jabin would have been located here, as we read about the story of Deborah and old and worn away uh, things. But look at this view. You think that was a a good choice for a place to kind of camp out and and be able to see everyone coming if they were going to attack you? Yeah, so uh, such a, a beautiful place. Like I've told you guys, parts of Israel you go over a mountain and it's desert you go over another mountain it looks like Texas or Arkansas and and so just a a beautiful area uh, there as well so uh, every time I I post or put some of these in the sermon a lot of you guys like them and I love to teach with these kind of things Uh, so if you don't like that just hold on we'll get to the sermon Um, really what I want to talk about this week I hope I hope we need more people in Bible class. He did a phenomenal job this morning. Those of you who are here, you know that, right? He did a great job in class this morning. And what we have seen within this chapter, really even leading up to this chapter, is the ways that God continues to work within the life of the Israelites. The way he keeps trying to prove himself and his power, uh, not only among the Israelites, but among the other people. We saw that with the story of Rahab, didn't we? That Rahab, even though the Israelites are so uh, cyclical, I love God, now I'm walking away from God, Uh, God is our God, Yahweh is our God, this golden calf is our God, and and the Israelites keep doing this, and then they meet a prostitute from a neighboring town, she said, we've heard what your God has done, and I put my life on the line to follow him and to help in his his story, right? And and so what we see over and over is, is God working through these people who you wouldn't expect, And we see this, So what what we have on the uh, uh, screen here. Let me just put this back so you see a prettier uh, picture. Uh, We're going to talk about the story of Samson, but leading up to the story of Samson, we talk about Deborah leading all of these men for 20 years. Women, it's okay to say amen. Finally, we got it, right? Um, And you would not expect that. One thing I said in class uh, as Heath was talking about this is this is no small thing. Now we can read this account with our eyes in 2023 where, I mean, it hasn't been near long enough that that we've had to fight for women voting and all these things. That, That needed to be 2,000 years ago, right? But I mean, there's been a lot come along since then. And so we look at this with 2023 eyes, but it was a humongous deal that Deborah steps up and leads the Israelite people and through that, God shows that he can do anything with someone who will say yes. If you look at Judges chapter 5, where you have this song uh, written by, I guess, Deborah and uh, Barack there, but what it says there is no one else would step up. That everyone else was either scared or just, just apathetic. I don't know what the case was. But Deborah stepped up. And another point I said in class was if you read this translation in IV, it says Deborah, and then it says wife of, and there's this L word. I don't even remember what, what it is there. Uh, but there's also a kind of a translation issue. We're not exactly sure what that's saying. It's either saying this is uh, the wife of this person or that she is fiery or like a torch, and I could see that going either way as far as that, but it's, uh, the Hebrew's hard there uh, to kind of understand, and I can imagine a woman who stepped up in this kind of society was probably fiery, whether or not they were saying that there or not, Uh, but God continues to prove over and over that his power is enough to sustain them through anything. All he needs is for you to say yes, yet we sit here And we talk about it, and we think that's good in theory. But, John, you don't understand how scared I am. Which makes us feel and sound exactly like Gideon. Gideon is a man who seems to be hiding on the threshing floor. Gideon is not out uh, like all of the other people preparing for battle when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears to him and and greets him and calls him a mighty warrior. And I've got to imagine Gideon double takes at that point. Is there someone else in here, Lord? Is Is that what's happening? But what God does through Gideon is he takes someone who does not feel like he has the ability. He's scared, he's hiding out. And he says, no, you are going to lead my people. And can you imagine being Gideon in, in this moment? Okay, I'm finally coming to terms with this. Where's my army? Okay, here's 30,000. By the way, we're going to pare that down to about 300. Can you imagine the look on his face? But God keeps doing things just like you remember last week when we talked about the people marching around the walls of Jericho. And on that seventh day when they blew the trumpets, nobody in the right mind has to think, you know what, this is all about what I did. That I marched the right way and I blew the trumpets and I'm the best trumpeter and wall terror downer. That's a word. <laughs> but what God keeps doing is he keeps putting them in, a bucket, he keeps putting them in situations where you've got to be crazy to assign what has happened to yourself. But remember, he even has to tell them, it's not because of of your swords and your bows and all of these things. It is because of my power. Then we get into this story of Samson. And he said in class, he said, you know, this is not the uh, Bible school, Sunday school version that I got. That there weren't a lot of coloring pages for some of the things Samson did. (laughs) Uh, Katie's family has gone to Branson for years, and uh, um, they're kind enough and generous enough to take us, and so I have a free place to stay when I go, and a lot of times we go to the Sight and Sound Theater where they put on all these plays. And one year we went to Samson, and I was sitting back there with my arms crossed thinking, I wonder how they're going to pretty this up. (laughs) And actually, they earned a lot of my respect because before the play even started... They started with a disclaimer. Samson did a lot of things. A lot of things we can't show you tonight. It's because he lives a complicated life. And as much as I did, I laughed at that and I appreciated that, but I also thought that might be said about John. That might be said about you, right? There are some times where I'm walking with the Lord, and there are other times where I'm like, what is he thinking? Uh, One of my favorite memes is Sheldon Cooper with his look, and those of you who have seen Big Bang Theory, his look of haughty derision. (laughs) Tyler, that's what I sent to you last night. (laughs) Tyler said, I put in the songs for him. He said, man, you're great. He said, has anybody told you that? I said, well, I told Katie that earlier, and she just gave me this look. (laughs) But I can only imagine some, if someone was able to review my life and look over it the way we look over many of these people's lives, we would look and go, what was he thinking? But that's kind of to take ourselves out of our story and only, only look at the good parts of our story. But God can use us all, and that's what he keeps showing. Even a man who has as many uh, difficult decisions and, and questionable decisions as Samson. One thing I think is, is uh, worth reading this morning is the Delilah and Samson event. Now, if it's been a long time since you read this, we're going to have some fun, because this is the second time that Samson has had a woman in his life who had some demands, who wanted to get something out of him, get information out of him, and so we're going to talk about that right now. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Now, one thing you need to remember is the first wife that he was going to have was that, that event went so poorly. He was about to get married and he tells this. Kind of riddle, and he says he's got thirty men that are going to be a part of his uh, his wedding and all these things. And he says, you know what? I'll tell this riddle, and if you get it right, I'll buy you the thirty sets of clothes you guys need. But if you don't get it right, you have to buy me thirty sets of clothes. And the guys were so consumed with getting this right that they threatened his fiance, "If you don't get this information out of him, uh, we're going to burn." Your house, your parents' house, all of these things. They were serious about their clothing. <laughs> I was going to call Samson 30, because it cost them one apiece. I don't know what the deal was. So anyway, that goes south. They, they pressure her and end up getting the information. Samson's not happy. They give his fiance away, and then he kills a bunch of them. And so now you walk into this. Where the Philistines are like, yeah, we need to get this guy back. We need this information. It says, uh, each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. That's enough to make anyone consider, right? Verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. Gentlemen, this man has already had one wife that did this to him now he's got a wife that's asking this stuff the most powerful secret he has and putting a guilt trip on him. when it doesn't work the first time then she says you lied to me You made me look foolish. Now, I'd like for her to explain exactly how he made her look foolish if she wasn't telling anybody about it. But how many of us have been in relationships kind of like this? You can imagine Samson's buddies coming to him and saying, that chick is crazy. (laughs) And Samson looking at them, you know, brushing his hair. You don't know her like I know her. How many of you have uttered those words before? That may be true, but that doesn't mean they're not—they're not correct. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. No, run—that's what you do. We get some signals in life that we just blow right past, don't we? The big red stop sign you never saw, the blinking light that was right. Uh, on Perry and Lakes of Champions, if any of you go that way, that red light has only been there for, I don't know, a few months. But there are still some people that hadn't seen that signal. Samson has got a flashing light in his face, stop, run away from this woman. Maybe tie her down and leave, I don't know. (laughs) But that's what you see in this, is that Samson, as hard-headed as he can be. Any guys in here hard-headed? If, if the guy did not raise their hand, ladies, just point to him. <laughs> but he's hard-headed. Listen to this. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. Now, I don't understand why he continues this. That he, he keeps telling her, but telling her lies. Did he think she wasn't going to try again? She's already tried this. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah then came to Samson, all this time you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my head in the fabric of a loom, I mean, come on. He's inviting pain upon himself to lie to her. No way she's going to do this. He said, and tighten it with the pen. I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric, and tightened it with the pen. I don't know how deep a sleep that is, but I'd like to have it. I'll tell you there. <laughs> Again, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep, pulled up the pen and the loom with the fabric. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you? This is it right here. Y'all heard this before. Y'all have heard this before, haven't you? This is real life. How can you say I love you? You know the tone that she said it with, don't you? When you won't confide in me. This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging. Guys, is there a nagging woman in your life? Point to her. No, I'm just said, uh, do not do that. Do not do that. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God for my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hand. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistine seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. Samson led the Israelites for a long time, and I'm sure uh, if you had the, the kids' version of the story this week, uh, it kind of took what I said uh, two weeks ago in saying Samson was kind of the version of a, a Marvel superhero, right? Uh Katie leaned over to me and reiterated what Evan's been saying. He said, some of these stories are hard to believe, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This This is tough to wrap your mind around. But Samson had been given a gift from God, and all it took was the batting of the eyelashes of a lady for him to give that up. But God still used him, didn't he? And the story of Deborah and Gideon are stories that God uses unlikely people. Looking at the life of Samson, you you can tell he's been blessed by God, and God is with him to give give him this unnatural strength. But then he messes it up. But in this messing up, in this turning from God, in this kind of giving up the secret, allowing someone to take advantage of him, to take that power away, God leaves him, but God is not gone forever. That God returns as Samson kind of comes to, okay, I've got this all straight now. And as his hair begins to grow, Heath asked the question in class this morning. He said, you think they forgot about his strength? I think, Heath, because they gouged down his eyes, they thought, we've got this guy. But the the final hurrah of Samson is as he's led out to entertain these people. These people who gave their God the credit for this victory. You get that? That the way they saw it was their God must be more powerful than Yahweh because they delivered Samson into into their arms. But all that was, was God saying, listen, I can't be with Samson because he has walked away from me. But God does not go away forever, just like he does not leave us forever. Some of you have had a great week this week and you feel like maybe you're walking close with the Lord. Others of you, let's get to next week right now, right? That happens, doesn't it? That each week, I wish it was the same. I wish I felt... Close to God, every step of the way. Our our teenagers just went to Soul Link, and I love those events. We had a a similar thing in Arkansas called Christ Teens, which goes on the same weekend. And I always told my, my kids, I always asked them, are you going? And I said, because I'm going. If I have to go by myself and be that creepy guy that's just over by himself, that's okay. I know some of those guys, maybe they'll let me, you know, carry a radio or something. I don't know. But I just love it. And there are times where, you know, I'm around other Christians and we're singing together and we're worshiping just like we did this morning. And I'm thinking, man, this is it. I've got it down. And there are other weeks where I miss all the signals. I miss all the flashing lights. I miss all the warning signs. And here I am trying to make my own path away from God. And God may not be with me in all of my errors, but he does not leave me forever. All God ever asks us to do is to come back to him. He doesn't say, hey, you have to make up for all those things you did. You gotta do some community service, you know, so many hours. All God does is say, come back. I want you. God used Samson in the last moments of his life as he's led out and he's, he asks the person leading him Would you stand me next to those pillars? I don't know what they were doing or how excited this guy was to party in front of Samson that he wasn't thinking this guy can push down these pillars. But he leans Samson against these things, these load-bearing pillars, and he pushes them over. And he says he killed 3,000 Philistines, and it says in his death he killed more people than he did while he was alive, which was still an impressive number. But God used Samson even after Samson walked away. And God can use you. If you've had a bad week this week, come back to God. If you've had a good week this week, stay walking with God. The Bible tells us to walk in the light as he is in the light. When we do that, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us. I don't know about you guys, but I need that. I need that every step of the way. I need that in my marriage. I need that while I'm parenting Two crazy little boys who I think at the UIL thing for Evan yesterday, they gave them speed or something. (laughs) Because the rest of the afternoon was kind of crazy. But I need it as I'm driving down the road, as I'm interacting with other people, as I'm trying to love my neighbor as I love myself. I need God with me for all of those things. And I know you do too. So this morning, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're in a, a situation where you identify with Deborah. No one in your family stepping up to take the, the, the spiritual reins, and maybe it needs to be you. Maybe you're a Gideon, and you look around, and you think, man, everybody is more qualified. They are better. I, woe is me. I'm the little man. I can't do anything, and God blesses you. You have to see Gideon's story and say, okay, it's not what I can do, but what God can do through me. Maybe you're a Samson and and you look at your life and man, God has blessed you from the time you have been born. But your life is littered with with points where I have walked away, that I've missed the signs where I knew I was veering off course. Come back to him. What a wonderful time to be here at this church. I know not everything has worked as fast as we would like it to work. But here we are a room full of people who love God and are just trying to Love each other better each and every day, are we not? And part of that is encouraging one another when, when we're down. Some days it needs to be me encouraging you. Some days it needs to be you encouraging me. And so as we walk together, may we walk in the Lord every step of the way. If you have any needs this morning, we're gonna offer a, a song of invitation. Uh, we'd love to, to pray with you. and love to sit and pray with you. Uh, if you need to begin that walk, you need to put on... Christ in baptism, declaring your allegiance to him this morning. We'd love to see that. Would you come right now as we stand, as we sing.